And hey guys, this is Viking back here with another podcast of Keeping It Real with Viking and Mac Mac. And uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, today we have Larry from IOTEX. Uh, Larry's the business developer. Um, I'm going to let him give you more of a detailed uh, introduction. And um, there you go, Larry. Awesome. We'll take it away. Excited to keep it real with you guys today. My name is Larry. I uh, had a business development at IOTEX. So, you know, a little bit about myself. I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, went to school at MIT and did about five years in management consulting in uh, New York before moving out to the Bay Area uh, to jump into the crypto scene here. Um, but yeah, uh, I worked at Oliver Wyman for five years, um, doing a lot of projects in digital transformation. Um, one project was for the World Economic Forum, and we're looking at this trend of financial inclusion in the payments space. Uh, looking at like even some things in Kenya where they were doing direct mobile to mobile payments. This is back in 2016. And, you know, Bitcoin also came up as kind of this thing to watch, right? Um, so that's really when I first heard about it and just dove in. That was right around, you know, this Ethereum ICO. So, um, yeah, flash forward four years. Um, now I'm at, I'm at Iotex. I've been up here for about two years. Um, and, you know, happy to dive into some more details about what IOTEX does, but at the core of it, we're a blockchain platform to enable uh, smart devices where users own their data uh, in a privacy preserving fashion. Um, and on top of that, we're trying to build new types of business models centered around, you know, user centric smart device data, uh, both for people and for businesses. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the gist of what it is and who I am. Uh, yeah. Passing it back to you guys to kick things off. Awesome. awesome. I have a quick, quick question. How did you get involved with IOTEX? Like, how did yeah, that? Actually, yeah, one of my uh, really good friends from school, he, uh, he's a VC, and he started a crypto fund, actually invested in IOTEX. And at the time, you know, uh, consulting's funny, right? You start off as an analyst, uh, or as kind of just like a, a junior consultant, and you're doing spreadsheets all day. Um, but you still get to travel uh, every single week and, you know, right out of college, it was super exciting, right? And then you do it for three, four, five years straight. You know, uh, my life was Monday through Thursday in a suitcase in different parts of, uh, parts of the country, parts of the world. And it's super cool until, yeah, you got to do it five years in a row. So I was looking oh, for something yeah, different. Man. Yeah, I started interviewing at a bunch of uh, tech companies, media companies. And then, you know, I read the IOTEX white paper. It really reminded me when I first learned about Bitcoin is like just a fundamentally different way to approach uh, the internet of things, which is all these smart devices in our homes, in our cities, in our businesses. So, you know, really took a leap of faith there. And luckily, you know, working with an amazing team here, uh, building real products. So I think um, it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey, but a good one. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was, um, Viking's been telling me a lot about, he, he has more knowledge about you guys. He was talking about the team, um, where you guys are <laughs> from and um, like the, the background. Um, it's really yeah. impressive. If you can get into that a little bit. Yeah. So the team right now, uh, we're mostly based here in Silicon Valley, uh, but we got uh, resources all over the world in Italy and China, um, in Ukraine, 
uh, all over the world, right? Um, right now we're about 20 to 25 full time. Uh, and, you know, it's just a great group of people, I think, uh, kind of aligned with the same vision, which is super important, right? I think if you look at the individual uh, experience and qualities of all of the, uh, the people on our team, you know, we come from great universities. We have experience at, you know, some of the biggest tech companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, Uber. Nice. Um, you know, just to list off a little bit about the co-founders' credentials, right? Uh, you know, Rowan is uh, kind of the CEO, co-founder of Iotex. Uh, he got his PhD in cryptography from the University of Waterloo and then worked stints at uh, Oracle, was a tech lead at Google, and most recently uh, was head of cryptography R&D at Uber. So building a lot of like Uber security platforms. And um, another one is Kevin, Kevin Guo. Uh, he was a, another PhD in kind of AI computer vision at Nan uh, National University of Singapore. And he actually joined Facebook, I think in 2011. So he was kind of that uh, early, early at Facebook doing a lot of uh, product there, um, doing ads, products. And finally, uh, Jing, Jing Sun is kind of the, I would say the leader of the ecosystem and the investments uh, side of Iotex. And she's a former managing partner at uh, Sparkling Capital, which is a venture firm here in Silicon Valley doing things like AI, uh, blockchain, wow. cybersecurity investments. So mm -hmm. I think that well-roundedness of the co-founders kind of also extends down into the teams that they kind of all individually lead. But, and it gives us the opportunity to like, you know, work on a lot of different uh, things on top of our platform, whether they're you know, devices or you know algorithms. I think you know we're all thinking very holistically about what this platform can do and why it matters. So yeah, that's just a bit about the team, uh, and of course you know uh, the amazing community from around the world kind of uh, ca caps that all off. So um, excited to see you know the team grow, the community grow, and I think we're just you know getting started here. So yeah. Absolutely. Now, I do have a question for you. Um, <clears throat> you know, with all the research I've done on IOTEX, you know, I, met, I heard you just mention AI. And, you know, I was kind of thinking the same, the same thing from some of the devices that you guys are working on. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever considered uh, possibly AGI? AGI? Yeah, like uh, the Singularity Net. Okay, Singularity Net. Yeah, you mean like an integration with Singularity Net? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting companies doing AI in the space, right? Of course, Ocean's one of them, Singularity Net. Um, I think, you know, to think about integrating with other networks um, has to be almost at the, uh, at the uh, a common application layer type of use case, right? Mm -hmm. um, we think about AI almost as uh, kind of a building block on top of the foundation that we provide. So, you know, just to give a little context on what that specific foundation is. So IOTEX's focus is really about two things, right? We want to create trusted devices that generate trusted data, right? Yeah. And on top of that foundation, we want people to take that already verifiable and trusted data and build applications where intermediaries are no longer needed because that foundation is already trusted, right? So when you think about whatever use case of smart device data today, whether it's to power finance, to power AI or other analytics, or to power, you know, just common data sharing, all of that has to be built 
on the foundation. It's kind of like the concept of uh, Chainlink and a lot of these oracles, right? If you're bringing in data from the outside world to the blockchain world, but it's not verifiable or it's untrusted, then it's kind of worthless, right? So um, on top of this foundation of IOTEX, you know, we already have devices that um, fit the bill, right? So one of them is UCAM. It's actually a consumer facing product and it's the world's first private home security camera um, coming to Amazon at the end of this month, actually. So that's really exciting to see nice. consumers kind of like owning their own data for the first time. We're working with Filecoin on getting that uh, onto the Filecoin network so then people can start grabbing these videos that they own and even processing them uh, using AI, but also in a privacy preserving fashion. It's kind of the last pillar of our project there. So this intersection a blockchain, IoT, and privacy are, you can think of them as almost webhooks into networks like SingularityNet. Maybe once the data is there, um, they, then you could do the processing on SingularityNet or extract insights from it from Ocean, or we can also build similar apps on IoTex. But that's where I think the interoperability is honestly really sexy to think about. It's like, um, rather than thinking about core protocol level integrations, like let's think about the solutions that that kind of modularized and I can tell that's the way you guys are thinking about it too. So um, I think that's a step in the right direction. Viking, uh, you, you weren't playing around, man. I mean, this right now my head wants to go. I have like five different questions that I just want to ask at the same time. I'm just listening about, you know, hearing the team. Um, I mean, seriously, this is, I mean, I'm getting really, um, I'm being honest with you, I haven't really dug deep on you guys, uh, but just listening to what you're saying, um, there's some there's some really uh, interesting things that you just mentioned, like Amazon and now UCAM on Amazon, talking about uh, members of the team, Oracle, uh, you know, just... There's a lot to the project, you know. There's a I lot, think, man. Um, there's a lot. I mean, what what is... Okay, um, in, in regards to partnerships, mm -hmm. um, is there any way of, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are well-connected just listening to what you were saying. And again, Viking was, like, I mean, he was he was really giddy about you guys. He's like, man, I'm telling you, this is one you got to keep your eyes on and do some research. Um, is Are there, like, partnerships on the on the horizon or you know with your former um is there anything you can i know you can't talk specifics but is there anything coming yeah man i think um I, we partner with a lot of different types of companies right like one i would say are device manufacturers the other is chip manufacturers and the last one i would say are you know affiliations to enterprises through different types of consortiums that we're a part of. So maybe explain like all of these individually, right? So on the device manufacturer side, you know that UCAM thing I was telling you about, we didn't build that hardware, right? We worked with this company called Tenvis. They're a big security camera manufacturer uh, since 2005, right? And um, their last product, they sold about 2 million of these things on Amazon. Um, and was Amazon's choice. It's like a $35, um, you know, pet camera. It has like 6,000 plus four star plus reviews. Uh, so they really know how to operate in this already super saturated camera business, right? But even them, you know, with the legacy of products, 
they kind of came to us looking for the next big feature, which is going to be privacy and security, right? Like if you, if you go on Amazon right now and you, uh, you type in security camera, probably like 20, 30,000 results and you start to filter down and the numbers stay, right? Four star, prime, uh, you know, different colors, you know, everyone's looking for differentiation in this space. But I think Tenvis was really early uh, uh, thinking ahead and thinking about privacy as a feature. And, you know, since we started this project, even like um, probably a year ago, uh, up until now, like it's been such a journey, right? UCAM. And so along with Tenvis, you know, we brought UCAM to CES. We won the CES Innovation Award for security and privacy in January. We wow. beta tested this thing with, you know, uh, probably a thousand uh, of our community members and also local beta testers here in Silicon Valley. So both the crypto and non-crypto crowds to make sure like, you know, this is meant for the mass market, right? Um, and then, you know, finally now we're ready to, uh, we just finished mass manufacturing of like thousands of cameras and they just reached Amazon warehouse. So it's only a matter of uh, days now that this thing's gonna hit Amazon. And, you know, I think there's an interesting goal to just bring it to Amazon, but having non-crypto people enjoy a product where there is a blockchain-based login um, and uh, privacy-focused camera using blockchain for real good, you know, it's really exciting to us, right? But I think it's just a start because we can take this concept and bring it to other types of devices, right? We're really looking into the wearable space, protecting health data. It's just like, it's really easy to know what's next for IOTechs. You just look at the headlines and see what people are most freaked out about because there's so much crap going on with our data today. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to like have Google know that on my Spotify history, I listen to a lot of Drake or something, right? But it's a different thing if they have control of my health data and my uh, home video data in decrypted form. It's just not okay, right? So as society starts to understand this also, I think IOTEX is gonna fit perfectly into all these like gaps in, you know, provide peace of mind to people again. So I know I just rambled on for a bit about the types oh, no. of device manufacturers we work with, but that's one big, big area. Yeah. Yeah. That's big information. Absolutely. I mean, let, yeah. let me ask you guys a question. Like what smart devices do you guys own today or use? As in what, in, in what sense? Like, like what? do you have a ring, like a ring camera or do you use like any wearables to track your workouts or, you know, Apple watch, like what devices that are connected to the internet do you use outside of your phone and laptop? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you could say like smart watches, like the Apple watches, uh, uh, there's, you know, family members, um, and all that, like, like what you're saying, all that data is getting, um, tracked, right? Right. Correct? Not just tracked, but then packaged up into these digital profiles and sold to people, yep. right? Yep. You know, I, I had a really interesting thought. Maybe I could share with you guys, right? I was thinking about writing a blog about this, but Kanye right now is going crazy on Twitter over mm. a battle with trying to get people's masters back. Masters meaning like the yes. original versions yeah. of the songs, right? Because yeah, that yeah. is streaming liquid gold, right? And if you think about it, it's a lot the same way that everything in the world works today, right? We use services or, you know, we are given some type of uh, jump ahead, a head start. You know, in the music business, you give up your masters for distribution and upfront help. 
in our world, we give up our privacy for free Google Maps, free Gmail, um, and you know, Amazon purchases, whatever. But how crazy is it that like data that represents the digital versions of ourselves are not owned by us? You know, I think ownership is going to be redefined a lot in the future, right? It's not just like millennials today don't really want or care about owning homes. They want to own, you know, other types of things today. So I think the world is shifting a bit, right? It's just like an interesting counterpart. And the reason why, you know, owning our stuff is so important is as Kanye is so eloquently putting it in his Twitter rants, you can't control what you don't own, right? So that's the foundation that IOTEX is giving. We're allowing people to own their data on top of which we hope people will build cool applications and other ways to make use of that data. So yeah, that's, that's kind of a, just an interesting thought I had. Um, oh yeah. Amidst yeah the that's, craziness. that's actually, that's actually why, uh, why I, uh, <clears throat> back to the wearable situation, I was reading mm-hmm. an article, uh, talking that you guys were getting into wearables, um, to track your health data. Um, they used, I believe in the article, the, um, say you had a hard night of drinking or whatever, and you were deficient on, you know, all these vitamins and minerals, you could literally from the wearable, your, your wearable would tell you exactly what you need. And it would tell you exactly what you need to eat. You can order it straight from the wearable and have it delivered to your house. Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought that, I thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah, man, that's like a, that's like a step forward leap shift. But I mean, I have my own thoughts about the progression of technology, right? Like, even though the technology is there, I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys like saw everything that Elon's putting out lately, like the Neuralink, uh, battery days coming up. I think he's going to launch some crazy stuff. Um, but those are like very futuristic things, right? Even though it exists, mm-hmm. people use it, right? I think that there's going to be a gap between time when these things are safe and educational enough like you know four years ago we were deathly scared of the cloud right in my (laughs) consulting career half of my projects were about making people comfortable to put their data on the cloud and you know what the thing that got them comfortable was was finra who is the financial regulatory authority of the u.s put their data on the cloud right so now that you see all these enterprises going to the blockchain i think it's just the wave is just starting right you're gonna see some adoption there but yeah, Absolutely. it's really it's interesting to see, you know, how this is all playing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned about these enterprises uh, coming in, like into blockchain. Uh, that's what, you know, it's, it's sad in the sense that people have to wait uh, for like the big names to come in and then, oh, now I'll just follow. And, uh, but yeah, exactly what you're saying that these, um, things that are happening and there's going to be a gap until these things start uh, manifesting and coming into fruition in, in those regards. But uh, going yeah, back I, to, back mm-hmm. to data. Um, so you, you think, I, I won't say you think, you believe you figured this out, how to, um, if you can go more into that, that's really interesting. Uh, how to keep it private is about the yeah. data. That's, a, that's another thing that's really confusing to a lot of people, right? Like, I would say the definition of privacy 
and definition of technical terms like end-to-end -end encryption, the dangerous part is it means different things to different people these days, right? Okay. Like, there's, there's privacy, but then there's like 100% privacy. It's like a little different, right? Let me explain a bit in the context of end-to-end -end encryption. So I don't know if you guys saw the news, but Zoom, maybe like one to two months ago, they got in a lot of trouble because they were claiming end-to-end -end encryption, but they actually used something called client-to-server encryption. And it's really important, the difference, right? And it's, it's honestly the reason why I would say you know, the majority of hacks happen today, right? So take any smart device out there today, right? Um, there's not really many that use true end-to-end -end encryption. So what this means is they will encrypt your data from your device to their centralized server, but then they'll decrypt your data on their server. Um, so what that, what that part enables, that encryption part, if someone intercepts that transmission, all they're getting are encrypted files, so you're safe, right? But within their centralized server, you're naked. Your data is just decrypted, and this is how they run business logic on your data to offer you services, right? Which is needed to power these products. But what's not okay is there's like an aftershock of activity on your data. And the reason why they can do that is because they own it. It's on their server. Who knows what the hell is going on back there, right? What we do know is they're packaging it up, they're manipulating it, they're analyzing it, they're selling it. You know, um, I don't have to tell you guys, right? There's a headline after a headline about all this stuff. And it seems like we're just so jaded by it. We've accepted that this is the way it has to work. And what's really exciting is we're proving that it's not, right? We can like have that. true end-to-end -end encryption. So the way that we solve it is rather than doing all of the computation on a centralized server, we use blockchain to kind of orchestrate um, the computations on the devices themselves and on the user's phone. So that's the only place, your local devices that you own is the only place that your data is gonna be decrypted. And uh, so everything else is end-to-end -end encrypted. It's the truest form of the definition. And you know, we, we're just trying to get that word out, right? To, to people that just like, you know, you, you, there's different definitions of what a fat is, right? There's saturated fat, there's unsaturated fat. Like just reading the nutrition facts of your food, you should apply that to your devices too, because there's so much stuff out there, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have experienced any hacks, but that's that's the root of the evil, right? And that's really what the blockchain industry is doing to disintermediate, take away these centralized intermediaries in exchange for protocols that achieve exactly the same goal, but without that aftershock. Absolutely, yeah. They, they've definitely abused their power far too long. <laughs> Exactly, man. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, um, now you want to talk about some of your other devices that you guys are currently working on? Yeah, we'd love to. You know, so another category of partners that we work with are these chip manufacturers, right? Uh, chip manufacturers, meaning uh, they literally build the chips that form components, that for form parts, that form our devices, right? So very low level. Um, type of bottom of the stack stuff. So one example of this is we partnered with uh, one of the largest chip manufacturers in the world called Nordic Semiconductor. Um, they do about a billion dollars in revenue uh, on a yearly basis. And we designed a device called Pebble Tracker. And unlike UCAM, which is more, you know, out of the box, consumer ready, this is more of a developer device. Um, but what it does is we packed it with all these different sensors to do GPS location, temperature, humidity, air pressure, uh, different motion things like orientation, vibration, 
and also light. And this thing just acts like an Oracle, like a trusted Oracle device to put that data on the blockchain. Again, you know, our job is trusted devices and trusted data. And we just, you know, we're going to unleash a lot of ability for people to use that trusted data for different things. Right. So, um, that's really exciting too. We're just about to launch about, you know, the first hundred to a core group of, of developers, both in the blockchain space and the IOT space as well. Um, and that's coming immediately after UCAM. So that's going to, you know, we've proven a very full stack use case with UCAM and people can use this template about what it means to do a lot of different things, right? Like what can you use trusted IOT data for? You can use it to settle, uh, prediction markets, right? If you want to have bets against, you know, is it going to be hotter in New York or Italy today at 12 PM in either time, right? Rather than going off historical data, which you don't know, uh, you know, could be uh, right or wrong. You can literally set up trusted IOT devices to, you know, have like peer to peer challenges or, you know, other cool stuff. Right. But the important part is also, you know, trusted data is essential for, every single business process, whether it's supply chain, you know, uh, a lot of the supply chain things going on are really exciting, but it's honestly a lot about tokenizing invoices and scanning like point to point checks with QR codes and writing that on the blockchain, right? It's already adding incredible value, but where IOT, like more advanced IOT comes into play is tracking the in transit uh, state of your goods between warehouses, right? Like things like temperature can tell you if you're shipping like fish from one point to another, it can tell you who's at fault for spoiled fish. If it's something that, you know, uh, another thing is if you wanted to use your GPS location and then compute that in a privacy preserving fashion, then you can ha have guarantees to your downstream customers that, hey, this package is within five miles without exposing the raw geo coordinate for safety, right? So all of these things, you know, really, I think, accentuate a lot of the things that people are working on today. And this is what's really exciting. We think that IOTEX, of course, we're going to have our, uh, our own projects. We're going to incubate our own D apps. And we're really excited to see what everyone's building on IOTEX specifically. But we really have a vision to bring IOTEX, IOT data to all blockchains, right? Um, through like a lot of these like interoperability bridges. We've already built one to Ethereum um, that we launched earlier this month. So we see that as a huge opportunity, just like Chainlink serves financial data to the uh, DeFi ecosystem across, you know, Ethereum, Near Protocol, all these other DeFi chains, we can provide IoT data and it's useful for everybody, right? So that's the grand vision, of course, it takes a, a bit of time to get there, but I think that's where we are truly unique, right? Nobody's doing what we're doing on the device side. Um, so we're really championing a lot of stuff there. I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, and in capital, uh, you have like uh, people that are invested with you guys. How are you guys, uh, if I can, you know, go there, I don't want to be too uh, pushy on that, but uh, as long with time as well, I'm just going to take some capital. Are you guys, like, let's say for whatever reason, the crypto market uh, hits another bear market, um, mm -hmm. which I do foresee happening around the year 2022. Um, are you guys able to withstand that? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, we did a private sale, so we didn't do an ICO, right? Which had its okay. pros and cons. Um, I think the pro of it is obviously on the regulatory side. Um, you know, we only did a private sale to accredited uh, non-US investors uh, back in January of 2018. So that's quite a, like about two and a half years ago, right? Um, but that's kind of, you know, we sold 24% of the tokens uh, for, I think, about 30 million US at the time in ETH. Um, you know, we, we have good treasury management and foundation is really healthy um, to sustain current operating mode uh, till 2022, definitely not an issue, right? But we have a lot of plans to aggressively grow too. I think now that, uh, I think we're just a very head down team. Like we also don't operate the same way as a lot of other networks, right? Um, maybe it's a, a downfall because, you know, guys like you, Mac, Mac, haven't heard of us before this podcast uh, too much. But we're builders, man. Like we just, we, we, like a lot of people see our ecosystem and are, and are introduced at different times. And then, you know, we're just working on across the board how to build uh, the foundation for the entire ecosystem, right? We're not just focused on, you know, building a DEX or building an Oracle or building this. Like we're doing everything, um, which is, you know, I think for the past two and a half years, it's just been super aggressive build, build, build. And we built the thing completely from scratch. And now, you know, the marketing, I think, and the more spend and onboarding more business development, that comes naturally because now we have things to point to. Like, hey, you want a UCAM, but, you know, for your industry, then, you know, we can build that. So um, as far as the, the growth plan, I think we're hitting exactly the stride that we want to be hitting. And we're still well capitalized. So we didn't, like, you know, uh, overdo it too fast. So, I mean, I think it's a, a testament to how, um, we've kind of reacted to the market as well. Um, obviously, during the bear market, uh, it would have been great to grow out the marketing and BD functions and uh, do a lot more of that. But, you know, look, looking back now, I think it's almost a good decision we didn't and just focused on, you know, really building the fundamentals there. So um, we're not a new project, but, you know, maybe new to people. Um, but the good part is, I think, once people start looking at our products rather than what's under the hood, you know, it's, it's honestly tricky sometimes to look at products or projects and say, oh, this one's proof of infinite uh, uh, authority. And this one's proof of, you know, insert adjective here, stake. You know, it's like mm. rather than compa comparing consensus, which is definitely important as a foundation, now we can point to our product and say, this is a functioning thing and there's more of these to come. So um, that's really, I think, the exciting part about, about us. It's... Um, yeah, it's exciting to see um, a lot of the templates being built out, but we still have a long way to go, right, to achieve the, the bigger picture vision. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm going to start talking about you guys more. I'm going to do some more research. I'm, I'm sold. I'm hey, man, we'll send you guys a UCAM, man. That's the, oh, that's the, hey, let's oh, go. The oh, proof oh, is in the pudding, awesome. you know. That's the, that's the good part about UCAM, too, man. It's not like we're still selling this thing for 500 bucks. It's $45. Um, kind of price it at a point where everyone can start to enjoy their privacy. And, you know, I, I would say it's uh, strategic in a sense, right? We're not trying to uh, fill the bank, you know, and just make a ton of money off of, you know, the community, even though we could sell it, I think for a lot more, we just want to put it in people's hands so they really experience the thing. And right. I think, you know, more UCAMs to come, more outdoor versions, doorbell versions, dash cams, you know, this camera industry is already a $250 billion industry. 
Um, but the important thing is we're not a camera company, right? We can attract camera companies to build on us, but you know, we're focused on the platform, how to make it, um, yeah, just going back to that foundation, trusted devices, trusted data. And there's different levels to this game, right? There's semi-trusted and fully trusted. So we're just gonna keep on you know, chipping away at that. Um, and yeah, making it easier and easier to build on IOTEX. Nice. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I did uh, did see some news also. I kind of want to get into this a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, seeing you guys, uh, the BUSD is going to be running on your network. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, you know, I, all the things I talked about are the, um, you know, device is how to build the foundation, right? But also on top of that foundation, there's kind of sub foundations you need to build. So a lot of the infrastructure we're doing uh, this month is around the kind of DeFi infrastructure, which we don't intend to use for traditional DeFi in the long run, but it is gonna give people the opportunity to do, you know, cross-chain trading of assets on our decentralized exchange, which is launching on Tuesday, um, things like that, right? But an important part for us too is just, uh, you know, making developer experience, user experience better. The reason why you know, so we built two things um, uh, that are launching this month to really enable this, right? We built what's called uh, the IO2. Uh, it's basically a cross-chain bridge to Ethereum. And you can uh, lock uh, your original assets on an Ethereum smart contract, which will instruct an IOTech smart contract to mint a synthetic version of that asset, right? So same way a lot of the projects that are doing bridges today, kind of these two-way peg contracts. Um, so that's something we built. And on top of that, we're going to integrate that with this uh, decentralized exchange. It's called Nemo. And we built this in partnership with a group from the National University of Singapore. A lot of like, you know, FinTech, Algo uh, uh, kind of practitioners. Um, and that's going to allow people to not only trade IOTEX assets, which we call XRC20, um, but it's also going to be allowed to trade uh, cross-chain pairs like IOTEX to currently it sports uh, wrapped Ether, we're going to add wrapped BTC, probably add, um, you know, uh, BUSD is one of them. So we, uh, Binance is going to sponsor some good activity on BUSD to provide liquidity on IOTEX. Uh, there's PAXG, which is gold. So from the IOTEX community's perspective, it was important for us to do this because we wanted them to be able to trade IOTEX to ETH, BTC, gold, and USD equivalents. So that's pretty much covers, you know, all of the things that centralized exchanges can do, right? So we can bring decentralized trading to the IOTEX network, but in the future, you know, we have ambitions to make Nemo also even more like a derivatives focused platform where, you know, you can start to trade uh, things that have intrinsic value. This is where the connection to IOT comes from, right? Uh, in the future, if you think a data set has value, say, you know, you're driving every day, 30 minutes to work on the freeway and you aggregate that information for a year. Um, maybe it's not going to be worth $10,000, but it's going to have value, right? You can sell that to food delivery platforms. You can sell it to urban planners. You can sell it to any transportation logistics. You can sell it back to your car company, maybe. Um, so tokenizing that data set, making it tradable, um, it's a different flavor, right? So doing a lot of people are doing like options, futures, derivatives, et cetera, on crypto assets, but we can start to do things that are more asset backed, right? Whether it's a commodity, uh, whether it's like even tokenizing ownership of a device, 
like I was talking to someone earlier, this is crazy, but uh, he had the idea of like, you know, he's working on some geospatial stuff, which means like satellite imagery. Mm. So like, how much does a satellite cost? Right? Probably millions of dollars. But if you were to tokenize ownership of this satellite, you can own the principal value of the satellite, but say that you instruct the satellite to take uh, certain images that you can then sell to hedge funds who track, you know, how many uh, vehicles are in parking lots or how many trucks go in and out of warehouses. This is all real stuff. Um, and the, the cash flows from this satellite can then be redistributed to the token owners, just like Uniswap is kind of distributing transaction fees to um, pool token holders. You can have these devices that are smart enough to make money by themselves, whether it's a vending machine or an autonomous taxi or a satellite or a windmill, all these things, right? You can have these in initial device offerings that um, I hate the word, you know, ICO, IEO, but I'm going to claim IDO for initial device offering where you can share in the success of these devices, right? So again, this is all very futuristic and you need the automation and the intelligence embedded in these devices to be at a certain level, which I think uh, we're reaching. But our job is to privatize that, decentralize it, and make the, the, tack, uh, make the stack you know, more user-centric. Because if that falls into the wrong hands, then we're back to square one. Where's our data? How do we claim the value that we generate? So you know, really just, uh, instead of using a scalpel, we're just kind of redesigning the entire system from the ground up. Are you guys going after that aggressively? What you just spoke about? No, I heard this idea from, I, I just heard this idea. I don't want to say, you know, work at NASA or anything like that, right? Yeah. But, you know, uh, sorry, John, if you're listening to this, if I spoil your idea, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was super cool, right? Like, that's the thing with these devices. Once you put them in people's hands or you show them that, you know, uh, not like this is a device that can do this. Now imagine any other device can do this too people's imaginations just go wild, right? So yes. um, that's what's really exciting about the next part is, you know, there are today about 20 billion smart devices in the world. Um, by 2025, people are guessing anywhere between 50 to 100 billion devices. But what's even crazier is that those 50 to 100 billion devices are, is estimated to generate 80 zettabytes of data. And a zettabyte is... Uh, 1 trillion gigabytes of data. So 80 trillion gigabytes of data generated by the IoT. And, you know, companies like McKinsey, Cisco, et cetera, all have different estimates for what that value of that data is worth. But the lowest one is in the trillions, right? I think Cisco, yes, 1.6 trillion, the entire data set that the global internet of things will be producing. It's like 1.6 trillion. I think McKinsey guessed even higher, like five-ish. But you know, that, that's a T, you know, that's not a B. So yeah. that's the market yeah. we're going after, you know, we're trying to so, shift yeah, away, like make that. a lot of that owned by people, not, you know, making the big corporations even power, more powerful, you know what I mean? I, I like that. It's a T, not a B. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm sold. I'm seriously, this is, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make a video on Sunday. And I was going to talk about different coins. I got to do... Uh, some heavy, heavy research on you guys and just really, uh, you know, get this out there too, because man, um, when I, when I believe in a, in a corner, I'm telling you right now, just listening to you, um, 
I just see so many different angles. My mind wants to go so many places. That's when I know uh, it's like that excitement. I know as an investor that this is this is uh, this is a no brainer. I call them no brainers. And um, we're glad to fall into the category, man. Yeah, yeah no, Viking, uh, you are a hundred percent correct, my friend. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Vikings, the one that got me uh, talking to you about, you know, spoke about you guys, was telling me, Mac, you got to look into this one. You got to look in, my God, look at their, what they're, look at the team, look at what they're doing. Amazon, UCAM, I was like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. And there's so, so many yeah. coins out there, you know, there's so many crypto projects. Uh, for example, like VeChain has monster news and this thing's going on and that thing's going on. Um, but but there's a lot of fluff, and, and I'm not saying VeChain, VeChain, but I'm talking about a lot of different coins with a lot of just like uh, fake partnerships and fake things. Uh, but just listening to you, it's like uh, just the things that you're talking about um, is what I see uh, the shift. And I was making videos about the great shift, and I <laughs> see this happening. And you're talking about data. And you're talking about tokenizing and just my goodness. I again I'm I'm spoiled. Um yeah, man. I the think, last you know, question he, I'll have for yeah. me for me would be the, the tokenomics, if you can get into that a little bit. Yeah, I think we also have a really interesting tokenomics design that conveniently ties to everything we're talking about right now, right? So we did a lot of thinking on this. Uh, I mean, even from the day the project was started, right? We've always had um, at the base layer, at the base protocol, you know, we're a delegated proof of stake network. Uh, so that means, you know, we have, um, but we, we didn't just, you know, take uh, depots from EOS and just plug it into our platform. We wrote a brand new, um, you know, consensus mechanism. Uh, we call it Roll Depost, and it basically improves on traditional depots. I haven't talked about this in so long. Uh, improves on traditional depots by randomly selecting from a pool of voted candidates rather than just taking the top 21, right? So every hour, 24 of the top 36 are randomly selected to produce blocks, right? So that randomization layer adds uh, a little bit more security, right? You need to uh, kind of have some luck, even if you um, control, you know, uh, two thirds of those 36 nodes, maybe not all of them can be selected, right? So, uh, but, the, the fact is it has the same exact performance, just an extra randomization layer and some also some other tweaks that we've made it so that we produce blocks every five seconds with instant finality. So those are just some technical shills that I'll give. But um, on top of that, you know, we've always had the vision of adding some like layer two uh, kind of crypto economics, right? That are more device oriented and also not just device oriented, but also like measuring the growth of devices um, on the network and finding a way to bring value back to the network for the amount of devices, right? So um, our long-term uh, design is something we call burn to certify. So, you know, the utility of the IOTX token, just like other networks, uh, is it serves as a gas fee. Um, and you can also stake it to vote for delegates, vote for governance. So that's kind of, you know, very similar to other networks. What's different is, you know, we have created uh, kind of like a mini DAO that for every new device on the network, people have to burn 
a certain amount of IOTECs in order to register their device and receive the services that we kind of offer um, more like a white labeled service, right? Like the fundamental services of our platform are always decentralized. Anyone can access them. But, you know, to give an example, you know, we have this concept of decentralized identity on the network. We've really tailored fit that to, you know, suit device manufacturers like Tenvis, so it's more plug and play, right? So you can use our DID for free, but if you're like a paying uh, device manufacturer partner, you wanna you know, get started, you don't have the expertise to do that um, from scratch, then you can use that, right? So what this means is that every device manufacturer we work in in the future, for every device that they wanna register, uh, they're gonna have to burn some amount of biotechs to de decrease the total supply uh, and drive value back to the, the stakeholders, right? And um, so that hasn't got kicked off yet. We kind of have a, a bootstrapping program. We call it Burn Drop. Um, and basically, we've decided to allocate 10% of the total supply to Burn Drop uh, to really supercharge our path to the first 1 million devices. So by the time we reach 1 million devices on IOTEX, 10% of the total supply will be, 9% of that will be burned and 1% will be dropped to people that stake for a certain amount of time on the network. So um, finding ways to deliver value, uh, more like rapid, <laughs> aggressive, rapid value to bootstrap interest in the ecosystem, both through the burning part and also the dropping part. But in the long term, that trend continues, right? So we're kind of finding ways to, uh, you know, uh, incentivize the first 1 million devices. But after that, then we can start to see continued um, kind of injection of value to the network with the progress that we make. Um, that's the best way I could summarize it. There's other things we're thinking about, about like service providers and how to ensure, uh, you know, for example, if Filecoin wants to store all of uh, our UCAM customers' data, um, what's the service level agreement there, right? How do we make sure that, um, the service providers in our network offer the services that they promise uh, because there's no contracts in this game, right? Blockchain is decentralized. Um, but we can, rather than written contracts, we can have encoded contracts, right? So that's the second part of how the token is going to be used, uh, similar to how some block producers are slashed for not producing blocks. Service level providers or service providers in the future could be slashed for not meeting their SLAs, meaning their service level agreements. So a lot of wide ranging thoughts, but you know, everything ties together, right? That's why I say that depending on when you joined IOTECH, you may think like we're a certain type of company, but um, the past and the future, we are all thinking about how to make this ecosystem completely holistic, right? Nothing we do is, you know, even though the sequencing of what we do maybe more with the trend. Like, of course, we're launching a cross-chain DEX at the peak of DeFi, but that has, that's a core part of our future vision, right? Of exchanging assets, whether they're cryptocurrencies or, they're, uh, uh, or data sets. So yeah, I think that's what I want people to know about IOTEX is um, whatever the flavor of builder you are, there's something here um, that we're working on. And I think everything we do is really sophisticated. So love everyone to check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I'm actually staking IOTEX personally right now. Yeah, it's pretty good return. You get like eight percent ROI um, well, if you vote correctly. 
I say, well, yeah. um, I did get, I, I was lucky enough to get into the 20%. Um, yeah. The burn drop ignite and everything. Yeah. That program's ending. Uh, so in August and September, we ran, um, you know, so for that burn drop program, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We wanted to use that as a way to reward uh, the real community and the, the long-term stakers in our network, right? So anyone that sets a stake duration of a few months to prove their, you know, long-term commitment, uh, we're rewarding them with, you know, really solid uh, amount of tokens. So like all the, the drop portion of burn drop that I described, that 1% of the total supply, that's going to these people. So it's not just like a random, any bounty hunter can come and come and go and, you know, dump tokens on the market. This is really, um, yeah, adding to that. Uh, and another thing that we're doing that's interesting, it's trying to introduce people to the concept of compound interest through this, right? So all of the burn drop awards are automatically added to people's buckets. They're not loose tokens. So it kind of forces people to compound their IOTEX over time. And we all know the beauty of compound interest. I think maybe people yes. don't understand it today. They'll look at their stack two years from now and be like, whoa, what happened? You know, so... Um, a lot of cool stuff, I think, uh, uh, on the staking side as well. Definitely, definitely. Nice, now, what uh, what other what other questions do you have, Mac? Because I, I know you got I know you got a lot floating around I, there. Viking, listen. First, I was just gonna say, man. Um, thank you so much for introducing me to Iotex, man. Because seriously, this uh, I'm I'm like this is like a, a, a little kid in a candy store man just for me when i get to get these things. seriously to to engage in a conversation and uh, to ask questions um and then when you hear uh what iotex is doing um yeah uh you, you know what i love about this conversation is you know we didn't really talk about anything that isn't a real problem or like a real issue today you know it's like we're talking about the world from the viewpoint that we can re redesign it to be better, right? Um, and you know, shout out to all the people that are building real shit. You know, I think uh, yep. there's so many projects we could shout out that, um, you know, aren't just forking code and adding some branding to it. I think even though in the short term these projects get all the attention, like all these projects are launching real stuff now. Like the builders from 2017 and on that you know stuck it out through the bear market. We're definitely one of them, right? Like, I think we're, um, uh, yeah, I think it's just really exciting because I, I know for a fact once these products come out and people can use them, touch them, feel them, then that's where the adoption comes from, right? You can, you can talk about future plans all day and white papers, but unless you put something in front of a, a, a user, like a, a non-crypto user, and they can get started uh, without asking, you know, what the hell is this, then... You know, we're not there yet, but I think more and more we're inching, uh, maybe not in like every industry, but like, you know, we're, we're slowly getting there. I think in finance, uh, with us in, in VeChain and other good projects in IoT and, and things like that. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. I love the passion, by the way. That's, 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 uh, that's a big part of this too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Real I mean, I, that's kind of why we all got into the industry, right? It's just like, uh, you know, it got to stand for something you know i think yeah i mean i'm not like uh I, I gotta admit i'm not gonna be like going to the edge of the earth to protect my privacy i'm not like living in the stone age right but right. just being conscious about 
what's going on. It can help, you know, just, uh, I like to just break things down to the point where you ask, like, why does it need to happen this way? And once you start asking that enough, then you realize nothing has to happen this way, right? They're all just a lot of social constructs. Some of them designed in like the 1900s. Um, and like, why does the world need to operate this way? And if we can't beat the system, right? Like a lot of people are trying to challenge regulators and overthrow the pharma industry. These are battles that have, you know, billions of dollars underpinned behind them. Like rather than tear down the old and like build it halfway uh, from there, like we can just start from scratch, build a new thing. And that's kind of what Bitcoin and Ethereum have introduced. And yeah, I think depending on like where the pain points are the most for uh, everyday people, real people, I think that's where you'll start to see the most adoption. But I think it's inevitable that the entire world, at least different pockets of the world start to um, just live their lives this way, right? Taking back control. Absolutely. I'm going to hold you to your word about those uh, U camps. They're coming your way. They're coming your way. If you let me make a plug, you know, you can, although it's coming out on Amazon, uh, end of this month, Amazon us, uh, for international, you can buy it directly on ucam.iotex.io. $45. First blockchain powered product out there. 100% private. Yeah, that's my that's my shameless plug. <laughs> no, man. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about it uh, this Sunday. Again, I, I'm sold. Um, I believe. Listen, again, I'm I'm just being a hundred percent honest or keeping it real. I haven't done too much research. I'm getting a lot of information right now. I do believe Viking mentioned uh, about Binance. Um, Viking with Launchpad. Yeah, yeah Binance Launchpad. So, so what is your relationship? And you mentioned something about layer two. I don't know if we have enough time if we can get into that. But what is your relationship with uh, with Binance? And uh, uh, is yeah. there any way for, you know, like communication or do other doors open up? Yeah, um, let me bring you back to one of the, the, the first days of my crypto career, right? So I joined IOTEX maybe just before our first code release. And just before we minted our, the ERC-20 token uh, version of IOTEX. Now we're a fully native network, but at that time we had an ERC-20 token, right? So um, I just got into crypto. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then um, it was maybe my fifth day and my friend texted me. He's like, you just got listed on Binance. And I'm like, is that, a, is that good? Like, what's Binance? And then like, you know, back in the day, you know, remember you got listed on Binance, your, your yeah. coins like, yeah, like the, that's the thing. That's the Coinbase of today, right? So, yeah, man. Um, I mean, since then, we've had, like, you know, even before our first code release, I think, you know, the white paper, the sophistication of uh, the team, you know, we've always had a good relationship with Binance. We aren't, we aren't a launchpad project. Um, so we're got a fully native chain. But, um, you know, we interact with Binance in a couple ways. Like, one is with this BUSD thing. Um, so we plan to, uh, we've already, we already have, you know, allowed, uh, IOBUSD, as we call it, synthetic BUSD, to exist on IOTEX, uh, maybe pursue actually launching it natively on the chain in the future. Uh, but stable coins have always been, uh, you know, essential for a network, right? So we're happy to work with Binance on that front. Um, I can't give too many details about this other thing, but one thing that I'm actually really proud of, um, 
and something that IOTEX has a lot of history with actually is uh, through Binance Charity Foundation. So um, of course, Binance Charity or Binance has a lot of different um, areas of focus, but I think one of the best things they do is this charity program where they you know use the philanthropy from the crypto industry to um, you know help the world. Uh, they've done things like uh, give sanitary pads um, to to uh, children in Africa. Um, doing a lot of stuff with COVID now. Um, shout out to the Binance Charity Foundation. But one thing we're doing to support them is kind of running a node, kind of using the uh, node rewards, staking rewards from. Uh, so you usually, you know, delegates get rewards and they share with their voters. So we're just uh, running a node, and all all votes for Binance Charity Foundation uh, very soon will be going directly to charity. Right. So that's something we've done. Uh, already last year with another group that kind of championed this concept with us called The Giving Block. Shout out to The Giving Block, they're from Washington, D.C. Um, and we did something for the Lupus Foundation where we raised about you know $15,000, I think, for Lupus Foundation through these staking rewards. So, nice. you know, I think people see these behemoth organizations as uh, kind of faceless and manipulative. They're not. You know, they're really great. You know, it's, it's hard to run these uh, massive corporations that are billion dollar companies and you know, growing like crazy, you know, if it would have broken a lot of, uh, you know, from my experience consulting at some of the fortune 500 companies, like that type of growth would have broken everybody. Right. So testament to them. Um, yeah, I think, uh, we respect what they're doing. Right. I think a lot of people like to put tags or, you know, uh, you know, uh, first impressions on Binance that are not, great but you know you got to respect what they're doing nice man uh, i got i got one more question i don't want it to go way too long viking i'm just excited man um <laughs> i'm here for you guys man ask hey, away you may, you mentioned later too and of course um matic comes from binance and backed up by coinbase uh, i i i speak to sandeep i speak to matic i don't know if you know if you guys have a relationship i've never we do, yeah. We, we got a Telegram group going. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what, what's good about the, the crypto space now, too, right? Um, first of all, Telegram adding folders has changed my life. So we just got a folder with all the groups that we keep in contact with. Any other products that are listening to this, let's start a group. You know, there's more things to do now that, you know, people don't announce random partnerships. We can do content together. We can just ask. You know, we... The way we talk to Matic a lot is, you know, trading notes, right? Like what's going on in India? We have a lot of insight into what's going on in China and the States. So just connecting through that. Um, we've talked about different integrations, but, you know, it, that's just give you like a little inside scoop about how these things start. It's like, you know, uh, we just congratulate each other a lot on like, you know, big announcements and say, we got to do an integration together. We got to do something together. And then the flood uh, from both sides comes, right? That you get married yeah. in two to three week long projects. But, you know, the channels are always open for um, collaboration. I think like this year, a lot of projects are being a little bit more selfish, but rightfully so, right? Like we're still at the building stage. Um, why try to, you know, partner when you still have so much to do in your own ecosystem, unless that partnership is expanding the capabilities, like kind of what we're doing with Filecoin. So, you know, we're just very focused on pro uh, partnerships that mean uh, mean a lot. Um, yeah, I think, uh, but yeah, shout out to the Matic guys too. Really um, incredible the community they built. You go on their Telegram and <laughs> can't even get a word in. 
they're just like 30 messages that fly by so yeah <laughs> again I, I i'm just i'm really excited about you guys i like it i'm i'm sold like you could take it away man i i got all i need and i'm gonna have to do <laughs> some more research and just you know do some heavy diving into iotex yeah, Viking. So after reading a bunch of this IOTech stuff, like what's the what's the thing you're you're most excited about, or like the, the biggest question you have about our future? I can give you some inside um, scoop. Honestly, anything anything I would probably ask. I uh, <clears throat> probably uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen you guys partner with Coin Coinbase Rosetta. What uh, what will you be doing with them? That's um so. Coinbase actually intelligently, right? So think about from Coinbase's perspective, their inbox is flooded. Like they get requests, get listed from serious projects, fake projects, uh, growing projects every day, right? So um, integrating exchanges to blockchains is not easy, right? A lot of people uh, give exchanges shit because they charge like a lot of fees. In the past, I agree, it was unreasonable to charge like, I don't know, um, in, in the heyday of uh, listing, I think people were even paying like a million dollars to get, to get yeah. listed, right? It's insane. So um, that has settled down, but the more, like it's easy to bring a new ERC-20 token onto an exchange, right? Because they've done that integration before, but the more native coins that are out there actually requires a good amount of engineering resources to do that. So Coinbase Rosetta, what they've done is create this open source framework that allows anyone to get listed super fast. And it's on the technical side, right? Um, you know, obviously uh, Coinbase is very selective about which assets they look into, but you know, um, we've had discussions with them. I think every company has had discussions with, with Coinbase. I'm not trying to infer anything here, um, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> you, you'd be surprised, man. You just drop that word and it's like, it's right, like crack right. people, man. <laughs> like from miles away, people will hear you saying, he said the C word? He said the C word. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's intelligent what they're doing. Um, yeah, just to uh, keep the pipeline flowing. You know, I think um, as more projects have been around for a long time, the, the KYC or the Know Your Project is going to get a little easier. So, I hope they list more tokens soon, give a little bit more diversity to um, the U.S. audience. But, you know, U.S. is starting to pick up a bit as far as the regulatory thing. I think, I, I mean, what do you guys think? Like, what is the U.S. landscape looking like? Yeah, I feel like oh, they're starting to feel the pressure a little that oh, yeah. other countries are innovating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely feeling bit. the pressure. They're definitely yeah. feeling the pressure. I, I, they, my opinion, they either, they need to, they need to get they need to get a move on it i i think i think it's it's coming uh quicker than most people right. expect especially That's what it. you saw with binance usa put uh recently uh they expect uh like 51 uh, say so i mean it's coming it's coming oh yeah uh, so, yeah uh, i i do believe it's just they're trying to understand it i think more and it's also a financial thing with the taxes and they're trying to gauge all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's inevitable. So it's a messy situation, man. Yeah, yeah it I mean, is. Uh, it is. I'm not sure how many listeners out there pay taxes on their crypto. Uh, but uh, yeah. you should, 
wink, wink. And, um, you know, filing taxes today is not easy. You know, it's like, yeah. what are you paying capital gains on? What are you paying exactly. income tax on? So they got to figure that out, make it easier for people to, to hold crypto. Then I oh, think absolutely. the floodgates will open that's, in, the that, in the institutional side too, man. That's the thing. That's, that's where it's really, if you really want to get into it, it always comes back to money and always comes back to taxes. But when you really think about it, when you're in the blockchain, uh, it's going to be easier for them. Once they really figure this out, it's going to be, uh, I mean, with cash, there's a lot of things you can you know, say, you know, uh, you know, how much you made. But once things are on the blockchain, and I know they see this, um, it's going to be uh, very easy for them to just like, uh, it's not going to, I see it, I foresee it as the way that they're just going to take it. You understand? Well, they're going to have something implemented where, okay, we know what you made, da da da. We know what, what you have, the assets. That's why these CBDC, central bank digital currencies, and all these things, mm -hmm. it's all going in that direction where um, it's going to make it easier for them. Um, and they're going to capitalize. So they're just, they're just perfecting it until um uh, and they're keeping things on the low but this is this is why uh, again it's not a good reason to be bullish on blockchain but it's another reason to understand uh you know cryptocurrencies and digital assets and tokenizations and all these things uh mm -hmm. be very bullish on it when you know that it's 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 going to be it's almost how, how do i say it it's not even i don't even like to it's not that I don't like to use the word adopted, but I believe it's going to be forced onto people, okay? Mm -hmm. Where um, it makes more sense for... I, I take a different outlook on this, right? Where a lot of people believe this is for the people. When I And I do see it more like once it's on the blockchain, you can't hide from it. You understand? Right. Yeah, so it's going to be where... Uh, it's like that Trojan horse, right? Once they're in, yeah. and now you're in the, the blockchain, uh, so that's why you have these privacy coins, and I, the privacy coins are going to be, um, I don't know. So it, it, it gets complicated, but I, 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 it do, does, yeah. I do believe that this is, this is in the works, and I do believe there's um, major corporations and institutions that are really behind this, and, yeah. I mean, to your point of like forcing this on people, I think that uh, just to share some stuff that, you know, uh, is going on in China right now um, with uh, DCEP, I think that's what it's called, uh, the digital, yeah. digital RMB, uh, right? Um, the way that they're distributing it, and I think like token distribution is, I think, revive, it's like a, a new revival in the discussion in crypto, right? After... Um, curve and swerve, uh, you know, who's owning the governance tokens, how are they distributed, and even with Uniswap really intelligently um, doing all this community-based token distribution. What China is doing, right, they're not trying to uh, create, a, they're trying to create a digital uh, RMB-backed token, uh, basically digital cash, right? But yeah. the way that they're distributing it is very much forcing it on people. They uh, if you kind of spend money digitally um, on some of the, I think the top five uh, places where money goes in and out, things like Union Bank, Alibaba, mm -hmm. 
uh, other platforms, then you're going to get DCP in return. So by engaging with all of the things that make the world go round in China, you're going to get that digital currency in return. So it's very much forcing people to adopt this. And while you say privacy coins will do this and that, China's thinking uh, kind of the opposite, right? The transparency of what people spend their money on is something that I think uh, for a country like China is very valuable to the government to, you know, obviously um, you know, the surveillance policies in China are kind of uh, aggressive compared to the rest of the world. So this is another tool that they've used. But I think so, it's really, from their perspective, from the government's perspective, really smart. You know, it's like exactly. uh, to yeah. achieve their goal. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know from yeah. a citizen's perspective how yeah. I feel about it, but yeah. Exactly. From the government, that's what I'm trying to say, though. So right. for the, the government's involved, they see this mm -hmm. and they know, like, hey, this is the best opportunity here. Xi right. Jinping is known, yeah. He's been strategic about introducing blockchain, man, <laughs> to China. Yeah. I mean, you can see it. Once once you're in, you're in, and now what? You know, you can't hide it. You you, you know, you can't say, well, there was some losses here. There was no. We know everything. We can track it from where it went, this and that, what wallet, and um, so once you're in the blockchain, um, that's that's one of the reasons too. Uh, and I, I have a good buddy who I um, I speak to. And we we get into these discussions where mm -hmm. a lot of people have this idea that it's for the people, mm -hmm. and we get into it more like uh, uh, it's, there's, a, there's like a happy medium, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. there's like a balance there, um, but uh, you know, the the more the more I see it, the uh, I mean, it's just. It's it's all in the information. It's all there. You know, once you're on the blockchain, you're on the blockchain. You can't hide it. Um, yep. But yeah, with with that being said, man, I I'm just uh, again, I'm I'm really glad to have had this uh, opportunity to engage in this conversation with you. Again, many thanks to to Viking. He's the one, man. He's the one that put me on, and he was like, I'm telling you, look into these guys. He's like, urging, <laughs> and he's sending me he's sending me uh, links via telegram and he goes have you looked at this are you looking at this are you look and i'm like man i gotta really do some do some heavy research and absolutely man. and there's uh, some other gems to discover man um I yeah, yeah. Out the big ones but yeah like i said you know even at the very nitty-gritty technical technical level like i've shared a lot of the, the fruits of our labor uh from the product side and from the partner side today but even you know really encourage any technical folks out there just to look into the code. You know, I think uh, the sophistication of the team is not just, you know, logos on a website, it's really all the way down to the, the ones and zeros. So yeah, encourage everyone to check out IOTEX more. Uh, look oh, yeah. out for UCAM um, launching soon. And yeah, we're just getting started. Nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I see. And also back to, back to the whole tax thing. I, uh, I really don't know what to expect. I, I think a lot of people, you know, don't know what to expect really, but uh, I will say this. I do foresee a lot of people moving to Portugal or Panama. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I think Puerto Rico has no taxes too. Yeah. Puerto yeah. Rico, Puerto Rico. There's a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, man. But that's, yeah, I guess, but um, 
I know what you mean, though. When, when, when it comes really mass adopted, like when it when it really kicks in to the full of, because again, we're, we're like a small, small percentage of of the of the majority of what finances and things that are happening. Um, we're like at the forefront of of this still still um so um when again when you know uh you know your your grandmothers and uh people who are just you know not aware of what's really going on in the world and things like that and and they're using uh digital assets and uh again i speak about luxo uh you know there's going to be things like uh you know, digital, physical, digital things that are, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and Nike's going to be coming in. And once these names start coming in, this brings all the other people. And that's when the taxes and all that stuff. Um, and there's only so many places you can run and hide. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They know, they know what's coming. It's, they look at things like 10 years from now. Right. So, mm -hmm. They're, they're already foreseeing it, and, um, and and again, it's genius when you really think about it. It's oh, yeah. genius. It's genius. Um, yeah, that's a fact. Um, <laughs> again, I'll text. That's a, that's a new one for me. It's a, <laughs> it's a new one for me. Um, I got to take some things off the list and put some things on the list. And I'll text <laughs> is coming in on that list definitely we appreciate it man. we appreciate it oh yeah yeah i um definitely we're uh honestly i would like to have you back on too again uh in the future you yes. know whenever Please. you want to you want to release some news or you want to uh you know just have a friendly conversation we're yeah, always man. Over, man of course yeah i think uh the next time will be you know, we got this pebble tracker thing coming out, right? And, you know, unlike you can, which is very built by us in Tenvis and you can use it and play with it. Like you, uh, pebble tracker is designed to really, you know, bring that foundation that we're talking about to other people to see what they want to build. Right. So mm -hmm. we already got a lot of attention, uh, a lot of interest from people doing everything from like food safety, to supply chain to, you know, these satellite ideas. So um, that kind of I, uh, imagination opening set of POCs, I think is really just gonna make everything more real, right? I think uh, maybe the reason why, you know, uh, IOTEX is a little hard to explain to people is because it's complex, right? It's blending these three very complex pillars, blockchain, IOT, and privacy, which are projects in themselves, right? But merging them and getting people to understand why we're doing it, how we're doing it, um, and why, what it means to them. Um, up until now, like explaining all of that requires a conversation like this, right? But when you put a product in front of somebody or you put a dashboard, like a D app in front of them and saying, this is being powered by IoT data in a private fashion, then it's like that, right? They get it. So um, we're just at the cusp of it, man. I think it's just, um, it's, it's a matter of time before, you know, we really try to, uh, see a lot of other people building exactly the same things that we envision uh, on our platform. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Good, good. Well, I appreciate all your guys' hard work and um, 
definitely can't wait to have you back on again. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm going to go get ready for this Lakers game, game one. Uh, (laughs) Hey, the Heat, I'm from Miami, South Florida. Miami uh, taking care of business with Boston. I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, man. He's the best. It'll be interesting, Miami and L.A. Yeah, we'll see you in the finals, man. We'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Mac, I'm going to hand it over to you. Close us out. Hey, it's very uh, simple. Very simple closeout. IOTAX, wait, stay blessed, be blessed. IOTAX, let's go!